the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is interesting. Listen to this. Uh, You look at uh, MSNBS. Trump tries to deflect blame from Russian lawyer meeting from his son to the fact that she was even in the country to begin with. Now, wait a minute. If if President Obama and his team doesn't allow her in, well, she was in on a special visa. She was the special invited guest nine days later in front of a congressional committee of the ambassador to Russia. Obama's ambassador to Russia. Why shouldn't we be questioning why she was in the country? She was initially denied, but somebody in the Obama administration greased the skids. Fusion GPS that has attachments and connections to the Democrat Party is who this lawyer is affiliated with. It is starting to smell more and more like a setup. And you got MSNBS with that with that take trying to cover up the setup or the, the, the formulation, people asking questions about the setup. That's why they would have such a biased uh, Chiron graphic, the text at the bottom of the screen. I'll get into that a little later on this hour. Meantime, over to Fox News, uh, they're interviewing, um, I'm not even sure who this is. It's a Freedom Caucus member about the House bill. Let's just to dip in really quickly. And hear what they have to say. And pass that, and then come back to, to the other issues that we need to deal with. But at the end of the day, uh, what we've got to do is, is, is do healthcare reform in a way that reduces premiums. Because that's what's driving the debate right now. All right. Congressman, thank you very, very much. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens there. By the way, we're getting word that Senator Roberts, uh, uh, Pat Roberts of Kansas, uh, says as things stand now, he would support the improved Senate health care bill. I don't know. Do you know, guys, if he was among the 10, not too keen on it prior? I don't think uh, I don't think he was one of the holdouts. Or, or, but, you know, who was one of the holdouts who's saying that as long as it's not changed through the amendment process. That Senator Cruz has said he will he will support this bill. Does that change your complexion? As a conservative? Uh, the fact that Ted Cruz says, yeah, I'm on board. Um, let's see. CNBC Senate draft bill preserves. They're saying two Obamacare taxes. And I'm hearing it's a hell of a lot more than two. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I just tend to believe Rand Paul on this. I, he, he speaks to the libertarian side of me and you guys know how I feel about government run healthcare to begin with. It's a, it's a cancer. It spells the a loss of liberty and the doom of a country, at least a prosperous country. You know, we could, we could be second world borderline third world countries like a lot of them over in Europe using socialized medicine. It could be like Canada who relies on us to defend them. Um, uh, Mexico, which <laughs> I mean, we, we could go down this road. It's just as I was explaining with the last caller from New York, 
the government is incapable. It is incapable of providing individualized health care to an entire nation at a lower cost. It's impossible. Uh, let's hear Rand Paul. Uh, we brought you some of this yesterday. He says this is not a repeal. That's the reason why he is a he is still a no, and he'll vote not to allow this to go to the floor because it's not a repeal. He calls it an Obamacare rescue bill. The Republican Party is voting to rescue Obamacare. Listen. We're hearing the outline of what it will be. We've seen the previous text. We're being told that it's essentially the same bill, except for that we're now keeping more of the Obamacare taxes. The regulatory aspect, I think, is about the same, but we're being told that there's going to be at least $70 billion extra in the insurance bailout superfund. The insurance bailout superfund. Now, why would you include an insurance bailout superfund after the insurance companies made over made money hand over fist under resident Obama's plan and got front loaded front loaded money to the insurance companies for the first six years of the program or the first what was it three or four years of the program and then the following six would be them paying out and now they're bailing out after they're having to start to pay out these traitorous insurance companies that sold you and me up the river. And this is not a Republican idea. The idea that we would lower prices by subsidizing them is uh, completely contradictory to any kind of notion of Republicans' belief in free markets. This is the Mitch McConnell Republican establishment plan, the Northeastern Republican plan, to basically use taxpayer money to buy off the insurance company, they become filthy rich. And then you're buying, saying, look, lower the premiums so constituents, our constituents will be happy. Of course, we're still paying for it. You're, you're just not paying it. You're not seeing it go out your wallet. You're getting taxed up the yin-yang. Or more to the point, your grandchildren are being taxed up the yin-yang because you're putting it on the credit card. And adding to our already $20 trillion debt. Now, John Cornyn, who we, we're trying to get on the program. Not sure how successful we're going to be, but we're trying to get him on. Responding to Senator Paul right there. Uh, actually, one more thing from Paul. Listen. I think we can offer something better than Obamacare. What I've been offering is there's 27 million people that were left behind by Obamacare who have no insurance currently. What I've been offering is a plan that would offer insurance to all of them at a cheaper price. Let every individual in this country plumbers, pest control, carpenters, weld them, let them join together in associations so they can get group insurance at a cheaper price. But you have to believe in freedom. You have to believe that leaving people alone, that the marketplace will bring the prices down. Well, you understand what it means by leaving people alone. It's getting government out of it. He, what he's saying is, quit letting the government interfere in this. The government has no place in it. You have to believe that when the market is allowed to work, the market will work. And it does. It always does. Now, do you get to have your crap paid for by somebody else? No, that's not what it does. That's not what the free market does. What the free market does is it provides a service at a fair market value.
Well, not everybody can afford the free market. Well, there are going to have to be other provisions that are made. Liberty HealthShare is a prime example of individuals absent government interference getting together, collectively pooling their resources and their dollars to say to the insurance companies or to say, or to say these medical providers, this is what we're going to pay. And we'll, we'll defray the cost voluntarily. That is a, a bottom-up approach, not a top-down approach. Because when you do it top down, you get all of these bureaucrats who who create terms like uh, essential benefits. Essential according to whom? According according to you politicians. The new health care plan adopted one of Ted Cruz's uh, insistences, which was allowing people to buy policies that fit their needs. Meaning, if I don't need maternity care, I don't have to buy it. I can buy a smaller policy. Now, Reuters and the AP are calling them skimpy policies. Because every left-wing wet dream isn't included in them. They call them skimpy. Because government didn't tell you what to buy, the Associated Press labels them skimpy. To the Associated Press, I say, screw you. It's not up to you. As a, you have just as much authority as I do as a citizen. It's not up to you to tell me what I need. The nature of healthcare is that it's supposed to be very individual. Well, if you're going to get government subsidies, well, that can't be individual. You're right. So the conservative says then, no government subsidies. I want control. I don't want to give away my control to some bureaucrat in government. Uh, Senator John Cornyn will respond to Senator Paul. Coming up next, the Chris Salcedo Show. You're in the blaze. Broadcasting with Latin flair. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo show. So Rand Paul had his ideas about what he wanted to get done about having more power to the people. Let me remind you what he was saying. I think we can offer something better than Obamacare. What I've been offering is there's 27 million people that were left behind by Obamacare who have no insurance currently. What I've been offering is a plan that would offer insurance to all of them at a cheaper price. Let every individual in this country plumbers, pest control, carpenters, weld them. Let them join together in associations so they can get group insurance. That's the Liberty Health Share model. And by the way, it's closer to 29 million still left uninsured. And we found that, at, uh, found that out from uh, Bernie Sanders as he was running in the Democrat primary after the, the trillions of dollars spent projected by, by Obamacare. Uh, we still have 29 million people uninsured. It's a, it's a joke. It's a colossal waste of money. 
out of our pockets and into the pockets of the crony capitalists. At a cheaper price. But you have to believe in freedom. You have to believe that leaving people alone, that the marketplace will bring the prices down. So John Cornyn was on Fox and he said, well, well would you respond, sir, to... Uh, to Rand Paul. Well, I, if uh, if Senator Paul can show me uh, 49 other votes for his bill, then I'd be all for it. Um, but unfortunately, the practicality is we have to pass a bill, and that if you vote no on this bill, it essentially is a vote for Obamacare because that's what we're going to be left with. All right, let me let me break this down. I'm going to take this bit by bit. Well, I, if uh, if Senator Paul can show me uh, 49 other votes for his bill, then I'd be all for it. Now, that's that's Senator Cornyn being from Texas saying, look, his bill sounds like free market. His bill sounds like getting government out of it. And if and if I could get 49 of my Republican colleagues to agree with that, I'd be all for it. Um, so what Senator Cornyn is admitting there is you've got some blue state or purple state liberal Republicans who like taxing the crap out of you to redistribute to other people to buy votes just the way their Democrat colleagues do. And that they believe that the solution to every flipping problem is a government solution. Did it ever once occur to these so-called smart people that sometimes government is the problem and oftentimes government is the problem? that maybe divesting government control might be the best way to get out of this and solve the problems that government has created. I've never been of a mind that government is the best, shall we say, antidote to the disease of government. Government is not the antidote to government. Less government is the antidote to the disease of of excessive government. So John Cornyn is saying, yeah, I'd love to do it the free market way, but try getting some of these lefty Republicans to go along. We don't have the votes. Um, but unfortunately, the practicality is we have to pass a bill. I am uncomfortable with that language. It was what a caller from New York in the last hour said. Donald Trump saying, hey, just get me something. I'll sign it. I want to get the, I, I want to get to tax reform. And it's, this seems to be the attitude. Just pass something. Whether it's the right thing is immaterial at this point. Just pass something. And, and there are problems with this. Because basically, if Rand Paul is right, and I believe he is, that this is just uh, the Republicans taking the Democrat label off of Obamacare and saying this is a Republican. Obamacare is now a Republican plan. That's what I think they're doing, in effect. Just to say we repealed Obamacare when they're really not. But to say it, we fulfilled our promise, even though it's not true. They're banking on the vast majority of their constituency believing it. So... This idea, oh, we've got to pass a bill. Americans are, are hurting. We've got to pass something. No, you've got to pass the right thing. It's too damned important for you just to pass something. And that if you vote no on this bill, it essentially is a vote for Obamacare because that's what we're going to be left with. Either way, we're going to have Obamacare, right, Senator? Either way, 
we're going to have Obamacare. Because it's either going to be Obamacare through the Republican legislation, or it's going to be Obamacare that's failing. Now, what he's really, I think what he's really saying there is, is that a lot of these Republicans are going to lose their seats. These Northeastern Republicans are going to lose their seats if they take away the goodies paid for by somebody else to their constituents who like the idea of stuff being paid for by their neighbors. And that if, if the Republican in this blue state or this purple state is seen as taking away stuff, uh, that other people earned, that other people believe that they're entitled to, <laughs> then those Republicans will not be reelected. But I can guarantee you, Senator Cornyn, that if these Republicans vote for just basically taking a Democrat sticker off Obamacare and, and plastering a Republican sticker on it, um, and it turns out to be just as much a failure as Obamacare as it is destined to be, then uh, you're going to lose anyway. Why not lose your seat doing the right thing for the country? If you're going to lose your seat anyway, my view is they're either going to tick off the liberal nutcases who believe that they deserve to have stuff paid for by somebody else, or they're going to tick off the conservatives who believe in government getting out of health care. It's a no-win situation, but you might as well err on doing the right thing. And I can tell you unequivocally that socialism always sucks. Socialism always sucks. It's never good. It's never meritorious. It leads to the ruin of civilizations. Anybody had a conversation with a Venezuelan lately? Now, here's John Cornyn listing the priorities of the Republican Party in repealing, they say repealing, which is really just rebranding Obamacare. Well, we've said all along, Brian, that we need to stabilize the insurance markets because insurance companies are fleeing because they're losing money under Obamacare. That's your, that's the Republicans' first priorities? The traitorous insurance companies? We got to make sure the traitorous insurance companies get paid. Got to make sure the traders insurance companies get money flowing into their coffers. Got to make sure of that. Got to make sure of that because they're big time donors to everybody up here on Capitol Hill. We're going to make sure that uh, people with pre-existing conditions are protected. We're going to do everything we can to get premiums down. We're going to do everything we can to get premiums down. So there's no guarantee your premiums are going down. The guarantee in the Republican legislation is that the insurance companies will get paid. How many of you with the sound of my voice are um, excited and just go, oh, phew, I am so glad. I was worried that the insur- the traitorous insurance companies wouldn't get paid. Oh, so glad. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, my, my rates, my deductibles and my premiums are still going to go up. Oh, well, that's OK. As long as the millionaires and the billionaires in the traitorous insurance companies who sold us out to Barack Obama, as long as they get my freaking money. Oh, that's all that really matters. Really? The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And if it if it sounded like I was coming down on on Cornyn, I wasn't. Uh, I think he was articulating the best of his his ability. Situation we find ourselves in, which is now oh, we got to get something passed. Hold on, uh, Cruz is talking to CNN. Hold on a second. How we actually come together and honor our promise to repeal Obamacare. Oh, that was uh, from earlier today, apparently. Uh, and Cruz is on board. Cruz says, as long as the amendment process doesn't change this thing, he's in. But there is no doubt in my mind that lobbyists for the insurance companies are every bit as involved in writing the Republican replacement as they were in writing Obamacare. And we all saw how well that worked out. You know, I, I don't want to say the insurance companies deserve no seat at the table because there are insurance companies out there who have not abandoned the, the free enterprise system. There are insurance companies out there who are true Americans who are not crony capitalists, not socialists, not communists. There are insurance companies out there that believe, hey, we can compete with the best. Just remove the government barriers and we can compete. We could provide the better mousetrap. We could do it. We're innovators. We're movers. We're shakers. We can do it. But there are some insurance companies, and I call them the traitorous insurance companies, and unfortunately they're some of the bigger boys in the block, who are betrayers of capitalism who are not pro-American free enterprise, who are something altogether different. Uh, I'm going to be going to uh, break a little bit early. Just want to get the, uh, let the uh, staff know that I'm going to be going to break a little early. The staff, Ellie, I'm going to let Ellie know uh, because we are awaiting to make contact with John Legato. There was another big piece of information that happened yesterday, folks, that I don't want to give short shrift, and that was, of course, the the hearing for the new FBI director, Christopher Ray. And I wanted to get Legato's impression on Mr. Ray, so we'll we'll get to him probably after the next break. Uh, just waiting to make contact, and we'll get her done. Um, Chris Wallace was speaking today in reaction to the president of the United States over in France. He was over in Gay Paris, and he was asked about Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with the Russians. And Chris Wallace was commenting that, you know, Trump said, look, it's starting to come out that this woman shouldn't have been in the country, and she got a special waiver. She was tied to John McCain, and he didn't say this, but I'm saying it. She's tied to John McCain because she is tied to Fusion GPS, who put out the fake Trump dossier and John McCain wanted to get his grubby little hands all over that dossier and the attorney the Russian attorney Natalia Veselinskaya was taking pictures inside of the office of one John McCain she was also the guest in Congress of resident Obama's ambassador so the questions are going out did Donald Trump, I'm sorry, did John McCain and Barack Obama team up to undermine Donald Trump? Chris Wallace was reacting to some of this. 
And the question, as it was posed originally uh, by the American reporter, was that his FBI nominee, Christopher Wray, yesterday under questioning uh, before the Senate Judiciary Committee, said that he would hope that any politician who got an offer of help, which is what the email uh, purported the meeting was going to be about from the Russian government, would notify the FBI uh, while President Trump praised his nominee, uh, Christopher Ray, who had a very successful hearing. He ducked that part of the question, as you say, Julie, basically supported his son and said this was oppo research and it's what any politician would do, uh, ducking the question of the fact that it was oppo research or at least purportedly going supposed to be about opposition research coming from someone that, according to the email, had links to the Russian government. The other thing that he did that was quite interesting is he raised this question that is getting some courage now, what was this Russian lawyer, uh, Natalia Veselnitskaya, doing in the U.S.? Ah, and The Hill is writing about that. Dinner. Uh, that, By the way, the, the person you just heard there was a pop-up ad, which was very annoying. I'm reading about pop-up ads. They cause a lot of friction. <clears throat> Anyhow, um, that was Dana Rohrbacher. The Russian lawyer who penetrated Donald Trump's inner circle was initially cleared into the uh, United States by the Justice Department under extraordinary circumstances before she embarked on a lobbying campaign last year that ensnared the president's eldest son. The revelation means it was the Obama Justice Department that enabled the newest and most intriguing figure in the Russia-Trump investigation to enter the country without a visa. If now, remember, this was all around the time when President Obama was getting briefed that Russia was infiltrating our elections. And uh, Miss Velnitskaya uh, said she wanted to come in. They said, no, Veselnitskaya then was allowed special entry by Barack Obama's Justice Department with Barack Obama and his inner circle having full knowledge that the Russians were trying to influence our election. This is raising a lot of questions. The attachments to the Democrats, the attachments to McCain, the attachments to Barack Obama. People are asking some questions, and they're questions that the basket of bias press doesn't want asked. I'll be back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show will check in with John Legato about the new would-be FBI director coming up in the Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. If I have time, I will remind you what Dagan McDowell said about this whole Obamacare repeal debate. Other news going on. We uh, had a soon-to-be FBI director uh, up on the Hill yesterday. And the reason why I say soon-to-be is because it looks like after he was raked over the coals by Republicans and Democrats about declaring his independence from Trump... Everybody, most everybody said that they were going to vote for him. Uh, coming in right now, John Legato. He is a former deep cover FBI special agent. He is United States Marine Corps retired, everybody. 
and he's the author of the book The Near Enemy, a John Booker thriller. Legato has been an adjunct college professor teaching counterterrorism and international security at Campbell University at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Mr. Legato, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Uh, tell me what you know about Christopher Ray. I know that uh, he's uh, in a long line of U.S. attorneys and judges that uh, has been the FBI director. I think it's all we've ever had other than Mr. Hoover. And we don't need another Justice Department attorney as the head of the FBI. So when I when I tell you that it looks like he's going to be confirmed, uh, are you concerned about the, the future of the Bureau? Yeah, I am. And, he, and here's why. Uh, the FBI was always independent, always independent. Uh, from justice. And then slowly, about 20 years ago, it started to merge with justice. I'll give you an example. Uh, before, uh, 20 years ago, we would investigate a case, open informants, decide on investigative techniques. At the end of that, we wrote up what's called a prosecutive report, and we walked over to the Justice Department, and we handed the report. They had three options. They could pursue an indictment, decline to do anything, or tell us to get more evidence. Right now in the FBI, we need permission from the Justice Department to open up certain cases, to open up informants, and for certain investigative techniques. So we have merged, basically, if you think about it, the FBI has merged with a political entity, which is the Justice Department. Because when you look at the Justice Department, you know, you had Kennedy, who I love this president, but he, he appointed his brother as attorney general. Mm-hmm. You had a Hillary Clinton demanding that Bill Clinton appoint a female attorney general. And then probably the classic example of being political is Loretta Lynch and Eric Holder. My God, oh, yeah. I, I, I forget. I that. know Eric Holder, man, he, he had an open and shut case of voter intimidation by the Black Panthers and he dismissed it. And one of his attorneys was quoted as saying, I didn't join the Justice Department to prosecute black people, which isn't justice, which is what they call social justice, selective, which is selective yeah. prosecution. Yeah, exactly. It, so that, that that's my, my whole beef is that social justice is the absence of real justice. So you took me right where I wanted to go about the, the politicizing of the FBI. Did it not take that politicization, take leaps and bounds under the tenure of James Comey? Well, yeah, that's my example of we don't need another Justice Department. He, he's a life, you know, long U.S. attorney in that system. And what he didn't do is he didn't understand our culture. And another example is on July 5th, he came out and declared that uh, he wasn't going to recommend charges against Hillary. We don't recommend charges. We never recommend charges. That's the Justice Department. We're fact finders. So what he did for the first time ever is he set a precedent and then by setting that precedent, he had to do it two more times when they had the Wiener computer. And, and then what he did, if you, if you really think of what happened, he, he was giving uh, sort of progress reports on the Hillary email investigation. And some reporter or some senator said, well, what about the Clinton Foundation? And he said, we don't discuss active investigations after he had been discussing active investigations for like months. <laughs> I know. It, it, see, that's part of the duplicity on this. And by the way, this came up in the hearing yesterday with Christopher Ray, uh, to which he said, I cannot conceive of a point where I'd ever hold a press conference about a case. Uh, John Legato is our guest right now, folks. He is retired from the United States Marine Corps. He is a former deep cover FBI agent. The book, The Near enemy, a John Booker thriller. 
So let, let's, let's stay on Comey because there has been some news about him in recent days. Uh, I had the Attorney General of the United States, uh, Jeff Sessions, on uh, earlier in the week, asked him point blank if it turns out that James Comey did in his private notes about his meetings with Donald Trump, if he did uh, have classified information, should he get prosecuted? And the attorney general said, I don't want to talk about that. I can't talk about that. But let me ask you this, because many uh, progressive liberal extremists are coming out and saying that, well, this information was up classified, meaning it was classified after James Comey had written it down on a piece of paper. Mr. Legato, does that matter in prosecution terms? Well, it doesn't matter. And what he said uh, before Congress is that it was a personal FBI memo. There's no such thing as a personal FBI memo. You can't use those two words in the same sentence because when I was an agent, if I went out and did an interview, I could take notes on a piece of paper or toilet paper, and those notes would be evidence. They would be uh, the property of the U.S. government. But there's... uh, a certain statute, I don't have it right in front of me, it's a Title 18 that James Comey violated just by leaking. And um, and the classification's not the issue anyway. He, he was meeting with the president in his official duties, and there's such a thing as executive privilege. So anything that he talked about with the president is considered classified. I mean, it's it's a common sense thing. Well, now, doesn't doesn't the president have to invoke executive privilege on that conversation? No, there's an assumption of executive privilege when you're talking to the president, especially when you're. Well, look, let's look what he what he did. He is memorializing his conversations with the president for what intent? Now, think about this. Follow the follow the bouncing ball here. He's memorializing his conversations with the president based on his uh, belief that there's obstruction of justice. In that case, he's, a, he's an investigator, right? He's interviewing somebody and then writing evidence down, even though that memo is worthless as evidence because it's hearsay. It's like written hearsay because we don't know that he remembered the conversation or that he was truthful. So it's worthless in and of itself. But if his, in his mind, he's what? He's documenting a crime or belief he's documenting a crime. So therefore, it's classified. It, it, oh. You know, it's an active investigation. I hear you. John Legato, he is uh, retired from the United States Marine Corps, folks, and a former deep cover FBI special agent. Sir, thank you for your service in the Corps and also as an FBI agent. And here's the book, folks, The Near Enemy, a John Booker thriller. Mr. Legato, it's always a pleasure talking to you, sir. Yeah, the the book is about what we're talking about. The near enemy is uh, about all the obstruction and and all the craziness in government and how the government obstructs FBI agents from doing their job, and it it deals with terrorists. But uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You betcha. No problem. All right, uh, folks, in the time we have left, I I know I was supposed to touch on uh, the illegal immigration problem. We kind of went there with sanctuary cities with McCall, but I I have a whole slew of sound bites and a story in which to – to leapfrog off this, and I think we'll get into this tomorrow, uh, an illegal alien who had been deported from this country seven times got back in because of these progressive liberal policies and killed on America's streets after drinking 12 beers. Okay? And again, he was already a felon, and he was allowed back in to kill on the streets of America. Finally, on the healthcare debate, remember what Dagan McDowell said about the players. 
I look at, at, at particularly a lot of these centrist Republicans on this issue, and there aren't donkeys and elephants. There aren't Democrats and Republicans. They're all just a bunch of hogs. Yeah, they love that taxpayer money, don't they, to keep themselves in office. Remember, everybody, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Grand day, everybody. Back tomorrow, the Salcedo Show on a Friday. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network.